I'm thankful for the blood tonight, aren't you? If you're thankful for the blood, why don't you give him one more praise? Give him one more praise tonight. Thank you, worship team. We're going to turn to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. Be familiar passage. We're just going to walk through it if that's all right. Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. In this setting, Daniel and all of Israel are in Babylonian captivity. And Daniel is still set up as a faithful example, even as a captive to the king. Daniel chapter 6. Familiar account. Daniel in the lion's den. You ever feel like you've been in the lion's den? Just me? <laughs> Sometimes just walking out the door or in the door, whichever the case may be. Seems like you've walked into the lion's den. Amen? Daniel chapter 6 verse 1 says it pleased Darius to set up the kingdom to set over the kingdom 120 officials so that they would be over the whole kingdom and over them three presidents of whom Daniel was first. So that the officials might give accounts to them and the king not suffer loss. Then, then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the officials because an excellent spirit was in him. My Lord, what a testimony. This, this Hebrew boy, who was nothing among, among the Babylonians. He was just a slave. It says he was preferred above them all. Why? Because of the excellent spirit that was in him. If, you have, if, you, if you've been bought with a price, washed in the blood, empowered by the Spirit of God, you have an excellent spirit within you. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. When you're excellent, you'll be exalted. Somebody hear me. When that excellence, when that spirit of excellence is in you, it will raise you up. The Word of God says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And He will exalt you in due season. The proverb says that a man's gifts make room for him and set him before great men. Did you hear me? A man's gifts make room for him. There's some of you that might be here tonight and you're thinking, I have nothing to offer. I promise you that God has gifted you. And if you'll walk in your gifting, your gifts will make room for you. It'll make room for you that a degree won't make. It'll make room for you that, that influence won't, will not allow. There'll be people open doors for you and let you in when they don't even know why they're doing it because they don't even like you. 
I know it'll come as quite a shock to some of you, but I got news for you. Not everybody likes you. I know it's true because not everybody likes me. And we're not so different. A man's gifts will make room for him. This is, a, this is a slave, literally, that where a nation has been taken captive because of their disobedience, because of their idolatry, because of their spiritual adultery, that God turned them over to captivity. He even, it was even our favorite verse. He said, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Remember that? That's Jeremiah 29 11. It says a plan to prosper you, not to harm you. And then he, he goes from 29 11 to 29 12. He says, I'm going to send you into 70 years of captivity. That's my plan. This is, a, this is a slave in bondage who is preferred by the king. Why? Because there's a spirit of excellence in him. It says that he was preferred above everyone else. Come on, somebody. <laughs> by the way, when God shows you favor, everybody's going to fall in love with you. And can't wait to be your friend. And they're going to help lift you up. That's not true. That's not true. See, we live in a marshmallow world and cotton candy atmosphere where people think if you do everything right that everybody's just going to fall in love with you and push you up the ladder. No, whenever there's favor on your life, the people that don't have it, that's not operating in a spirit of excellence, will try to pull you down so it'll give them position. I'm fixing to read you more scripture and prove it. Are you ready? It says, because he has an excellent spirit, and the king wanted to send him over the whole realm. Verse 4. Then the president and officials sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. Stop. Did you see what just happened? Daniel's excellence and his giftings elevated him, and immediately when he was elevated, his contemporaries and, and his and his uh, his people around him immediately wanted to pull him down. Did you see that? Verse 4. Then the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel. See, it wasn't just right out there. They, they sent out a private investigator. They started seeing what they could dig up. And if you can't dig it up, just make it up. That's what we do. If you can't find it, just make it up. That's happening all around you right now. Watch the news. Watch, watch the headlines. Watch, watch what goes on all around you. People can't, if they can't find it, they'll just make it up. And they'll repeat it so often that everybody believes it because we're too lazy to dig and find out for ourselves. Did I just say that out loud? Just spoon feed us because we'll swallow. Swallow. I'm just being real right now. When, people ra when God raises you up, people come against you. They'll dig. If they can't find it, they'll make it up. Well, that's not fair. Duh. Yeah, I said, duh. Get over it. That's not very good hermeneutics. No, that's good hermeneutics. It's not good homiletics. You say, well, what's the difference? I don't know. That's big preacher words. Hermeneutics is, is, is to rightly divide the word of truth. Homiletics is how you convey it to people. And duh is not in there. 
But since we know what duh means, I'll go with duh. Right? Come on. The president's officials sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no occasion or fault because he was faithful. I realized as I was reading this chapter that I was just reading a testimony for about six, eight verses. Daniel's testimony. He was excellent in spite of his captivity. Do you realize that? In spite of his situation, he was excellent. How many are going to get hauled off and enslaved and, and not sing the blues? Are you hearing that? Not, I didn't call a press conference and get CNN to come over and, 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 and wake everybody up about how the unfair treatment was coming. It didn't happen. They were trying to destroy him. And he just said they couldn't find anything because he was faithful. Boy, excellence and faithfulness. Boy, we could stop there if we wanted to, and it'll preach for a while, I promise you. Excellent and faithful. It says, because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, well, did you, did you, see, the, did you see the transition word then? It said, because he was faithful, and they couldn't find anything wrong. It says, so then, see, now they start making stuff up. Says then these men said, we shall not find any occasion against Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and officials assembled together to the king and said to him, King Darius, live forever. Suck ups. I, I'll remind you again, you don't read like I read. But if you would, it would open it up. Oh, King Darius, live forever! You brown nose suck up. Evil. Hey, there's nothing wrong with the compliment, but these guys wouldn't, couldn't care less about Darius. They, killed about, they cared about their position. They cared about what Darius could bring them. They cared about who could elevate them and who they could tear down in the process because, because they, you know, they, they could have been excellent too. They could have been faithful too. They were already elevated. They already had a position, right? Says they were among the, were among the leadership. Oh, Darius lived forever. All the presidents of the kingdom and the governors and the officials and the counselors and the captains have consulted together. Man, that sounds like I've heard meetings in the office about that. Can I, can I interpret that? Hey, King, we were talking the other day around the water cooler and at lunch, and everybody says... You ain't hearing me. Who's everybody? That's whoever's talking in their wife. Y'all didn't hear that. Because I got news for you. Whenever somebody comes to you, when you're in charge, and they say, well, everybody was talking. Everybody ain't talking. Ain't talking. That's good, right? Are, are, are y'all still here? Or have I lost you in the Scripture? 
This is pretty expository. It's pretty good. Everybody, everybody was talking. Everybody ain't talking. I have never yet had somebody come to me and say, well, everybody was talking about it, that everybody was talking about it. What is that? That's just cover your backside stuff. That was, I got something to say, but I don't want to say it's for me. I want to say that everybody's together and everybody's in agreement against it. You're on the outside and we're on the inside and that, we're, and that you need to know you either need to join us or get out. Hmm. Just reading. I'm just reading. It says, O oh, King Darius, live forever. All the governors, officials, counselors, captains consulted with each other to establish a royal statute and make a firm decree that whoever shall ask a petition of any good man, any God or man for 30 days, save of you, O oh, King, they appealed to his pride. Did all, did all, was all that there? All the presidents make a firm, O oh, King, establish a decree and sign it in writing that it not be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians which altereth not. They come and pled to the king's pride. Let's, let's make a decree. Of course, that, of course, it's all for you. Did you see what they did? Did you see what they did to the king? They, came, they had a plan because they didn't like Daniel. They, had, they, had a, they, had a, they came up with a scheme, but they, but they made the scheme look like, king, it's not about us. We all got together, and it's not, but it's not about us. We all got together because we want to help you. We, we want to help you, King. It's all about you. It's all about you. We want to make a decree that if anybody makes a, a petition of any law or any God besides you for the next 30 days, we want it to all be about you, King. It's all about you. We just want what's best for you. Oh. Boy, you better learn to recognize the, the language of a, of a devil. Are y'all hearing it? Okay. Oh, king shall be cast, and if, if they, if for the next 30 days save of you, except for you, O king shall be cast into a den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign it in writing that it not be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which may not be altered. Therefore, King Darius signed the writing. It worked. Even the decree. Now, I wanted to get here. I've spent a long time just to get to verse 10. Are you ready? Are you ready? It says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went to his house, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. When it all came against him, when he knew he was in the trap, whatever he knew what was going on, it says he knew that the decree had been signed. Do you think he, uh, he knew who they were after? It says you can't pray to any other God. You can't make any other petition. It all has to go to the king. Daniel said, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? It's just as I thought it would be. They're going to persecute us and they're going to come against me. And I, he, he worried day and night, day and night, night and day. He worried, he worried, he worried. What are we going to do? Oh, wonder who's going to win the next election. If this king dies, wonder who's going to take over for him. I know if we'll, get the, if we'll get Cyrus, he'll get us out of here. Is any of that in there? Not a bit of it. It says when he knew the thing had been signed, he went home, the windows were open, he prayed three times a day, 
just like he had always done. You know what Daniel changed? Absolutely nothing. You know why Daniel changed absolutely nothing? Because he had a spirit of excellence and he was faithful to his God. He was right. He knew he was right. He knew he was on the right path. He knew who he was and he knew who he served. That no matter what the king had decreed, no matter what the law had become, somebody ought to be listening to me right now. Somebody ought to be letting the, letting the, the scripture apply to our life and to our current situation and the things that are coming. Whenever all of it, whenever the power, the entire power of the, of the, of the superpower of the world at their time. Babylon was the superpower of the world in his day. According to the law, the Medes and the Persians, he, he was, they were under the greatest power on the face of the earth, human-wise. And, 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 and the presidents and the leaders and the counselors that all conspired with the king to come together to come down on one man. I've never had the entirety of the government try to come down on me, and neither have you. So if Daniel can handle it, so can I. He had a spirit of excellence. And it said, Daniel changed nothing. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you would give us ears to hear, hearts to receive. Lord, that for the remainder of this service, that we would speak from heaven to the earth. Lord, that you, that, that you would open our eyes, open our ears, open our situation. Lord, that your, that your word and your spirit would speak to your people right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Brandon. Now Daniel knew that the writing was signed, and he went into his house. And his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled on his knees three times a day and prayed and th gave thanks to God because he had been doing previously. Well, you're probably thinking, well, that just made it all right. They just quit coming after him right then because Daniel was faithful. Daniel was excellent. Daniel didn't change a thing. God's going to come through. So every, whenever he done that and they saw it, they just said, oh, never mind, Daniel. Oh, never mind. Oh, excuse us. We didn't, we, we, didn't, we didn't mean to cause you any harm, cause you any problem. You're, you're faithful and you're excellent. So we're to, and you didn't change a thing. We just, thought, we just thought we'd see if you would change. But since you didn't, uh, never mind. That's not what happened at all. It made it worse. Sometimes you can be right in the center of God's will and doing what is right will make it worse for you right now. It's cotton candy religion that'll tell you that if you live for God, then nothing's ever going to go wrong, that you're never going to have any struggles, that no one's ever going to come against you, that it's never going to be hard. It's all of that, that and it's, it's bogus. It's a lie. Sometimes because you're excellent and because you're in the will of God, because you refuse to bow, because, because you refuse to change, because you just go home knowing that it's, all, that it's all coming against you and you just still three times a day bend down before the Lord and do what you've always done because it'll open up hell against you. See, they had the king and Daniel in a trap. It says... It says in verse 11, Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And then they came and spoke before the king concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree? 
See, the king didn't come after Daniel. Did you see that? The king didn't come after Daniel. The people that had convinced the king through his own pride to make the decree come after Daniel. It says, oh, king, didn't, did you not sign a decree that every man that petitioned any god or man within 30 days save of you, O oh, king, shall be cast into the lion's den? And the king answered and said, the thi this thing is true according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be altered. Then they answered and said before the king, that Daniel, who of the sons of the captivity of Judah does not regard you. Now I got a question for you. Had Daniel come against the king? I told you, when they can't find it, they'll make it up. Oh, king, this Daniel of the Hebrews, the captives, the one that you're trying to elevate, the one you're trying to put over all of us, the one you're trying to make second in command under you, he doesn't regard you. What he's saying is he doesn't honor you. He, he, he's, not, he's, he, he's coming against you. No, he's not. I got news for you. The best thing that King Darius of Persia had for going for him at that point in his kingdom was one thing. Have you figured that out yet? The biggest asset that the king had was a Hebrew boy that wouldn't give up. Already in the, earlier in the chapter, he, he, how, how, how faithful was Daniel? He had found a place of honor, and in that place of honor, he says, I'll, need, I'll not eat the meat from the king's table. He said, I'll, I'll not compromise. I'm not going to eat meat that's been sacrificed to idols. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat. The, I'm going to stick with God. I'm going to stick with the plan, even in this time. They said, well, you're going to have to eat because you, the, the things your people are going to have to do, said, if you don't eat, you're not going to make it. He says, you let me eat my way and come and see me again in a few days, in a few weeks, and you're going to find out that we're stronger than you are. That, that happened. That was what was true. And God blessed Daniel, and God blessed the kingdom. The greatest thing that the king had going for him, this, this heathen king, was this slave boy named Daniel. That was his greatest asset. He didn't even, and, and as you read, you're going to see that, that the king realizes that he's been painted. He's been pushed into a corner and he's been painted into a trap. And then they answered and said before the king that Daniel, verse 13, the son of the captivity, does not regard you. Oh, king, he doesn't regard you. O king, or the decree that you sign, but he makes his petition three times a day. What he was saying really was is he has no respect for you. How many of you know you want to start a war? You want to get people upset? You want to get people mad? You want to get yourself fired? You want to get yourself demoted? You want to get things pushed out of your way? Let somebody over you feel like you have no respect for them. Am I right or wrong? He has no regard for you, a king, or the decree that you sign. He said he don't care about you or your laws or your authority. But 
he still makes petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard this word, was sorely displeased with himself. Now hold on. Hold on. Even in this situation, the king is not going after Daniel. Do you see that? He said he wasn't upset with Daniel. He was upset with himself. He's re- this is the point where he has realized what he has fallen for. Yes? Then the king, verse 14, said, who when he heard this words was sorely displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored to sunset to deliver him. What's it saying? The king was trying to figure out a way in between the cracks of everything he's decreed. He realized his own law had bound him up. He realized that anything he made decree in that time, that even the king, once it was decreed, once it was signed, once it was sealed, that even the king couldn't change it. And now that you got the guy with all the power that's been trapped by the jealous people that's been working him the whole time. And he realizes that the greatest thing he has going for him is that excellent, faithful Hebrew boy that prays three times a day. And he, and he, and it says that he set himself to deliver Daniel. And he said he st- that it kept him awake trying to figure out a way to do it. But the trap was set. Then these men came in agreement, came by the, verse 15, then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, oh, no, O king. And now they're smart alecks. No, O king, that is the law of the Medes and the Persians, and no decree or statute that what the king establishes can be changed. Did you read that? Did you see what they just done? Now, 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 that, now, I, now I need you to read like me, and I need you to read with some attitude, and I need you to read with some emotion, and you, then you're going to realize that they kind of got that, that knowing smirk now. Joe, they, nothing makes me matter. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? The knowing smirk. It's what they're, what they, what's going on in their brain as they, as they smirk at you is checkmate. You thought you were something, but I got you now. That knowing smirk makes me want to throw things at, a, at my television, but I can't afford a new one, so I don't. Which is a fruit of the Spirit called self-control. Because there's a lot of things I want to do. Got to get down here with the holy people that don't think like me. There's a lot of things I want to do. You ever had things you want to do? But something prevents you from doing it? Now, I'm still working on that because sometimes I override his, his hold me back. And sometimes I, sometimes I, and then when I, every time I do that, I get in trouble. Usually it's with her. Because y'all got the Holy Ghost, I got the Holy Ghost, and the Heather Ghost. And between the two of them, they keep me in line. Say amen. Brother Dale understands exactly what I'm talking about. Don't say amen, it wouldn't be a good time. For your sake, not mine. (laughs) They thought they had it. He <laughs> says, oh, king. The law of the Medes and the Persians says that no decree or statute which the king establishes, which is you, by the way, can be changed. I got you. Checkmate. 
Then the king commanded that they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. And now the king spoke and said to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually. You notice he didn't say my God. He said your God. He was still a heathen king. He said your God, whom you serve continually. You faithful son. He will deliver you. Can you imagine such a statement of faith in somebody that didn't even believe? He had seen already. He had seen already in the life of Daniel what this God that he opened the windows and prayed to back to. Why did he pray towards Jerusalem? Because he was a religious nut? No, he was praying back towards the temple. He was praying back to where the holy place was. He was praying back to where the covenant was established. He was, co- he was praying back to, to, to the establishment that God had set in place for that day. It's just three times a day. Daniel just kept doing in the face of death. He knew what was coming. He just kept doing what he was called to do. Church, we got to just keep doing what we're called to do. Keep being excellent. Keep being faithful. Know in whom you have believed. Paul said, I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded. I'm convinced that he is able to keep that which he has appointed against that day. He even had a heathen king that tried to, that was looking for a way to undo the mess he had got himself into. He said, the God that you serve, he's going to deliver you. There's people around you that don't even believe that are counting on the God you serve. I think I'll say that again. It bears repeating. There is people around you today. You think your testimony hasn't went in anywhere. The first, the first six, eight verses of Daniel chapter six is the testimony of Daniel. And you think your testimony is not reaching anybody. You think your testimony is, uh, he's in a place right now where his testimony looks like it's not only not reached anybody that has got him in trouble. But it's, there's people around you that don't even believe that's counting on the God that you serve. The king was counting on the God that Daniel served to deliver Daniel. Do you see that? He didn't like the position he had found himself in. He was backed into a corner. And, and he, was in a, he said, he said oh, I'm gonna, he, I have to follow through on what I've decreed. I'm going to feed you to the lions. That's not a good day. Lions eat people. When you're among the lions, you're the prey. That still holds true. A couple of weeks ago when, when I was in Zambia, every night from 6 o'clock at dusk till 6 o'clock in the morning, I couldn't step outside my room or walk back and forth from here to the front door, from here to, or to the end of the building without a guide. Why? Because there were lines. And it's not good for business if a lion eats the people staying at your camp. And it wasn't, it wasn't good for me or my family if a lion ate me either. Lions eat people. <laughs> he says, I, yeah, and, and you know, this, this wasn't going to be a chance encounter with a lion. This was lions that had been cooped up in a den and had not been fed for a while. 
And I'm going to throw you in there and put a lid on top. Can we keep reading? Verse 17, it says, A stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den. See, I told you. And the king sealed it with a signet and with the signet of his lords, so that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. And the king and his palace and passed in the and the king went to his palace and passed the night. Uh-oh. I wonder where he learned this. Have you ever slowed down and read? This is pretty good stuff. You got a heathen king that's favored the, the man of God because he's faithful and because he's excellent. And he's backed himself. He got his, his pride got in the way and he backed himself up in tr- trouble. And now he's got to follow through on his word. And now he's declared because he's heard the testimony of Daniel. He's seen God perform in Daniel's life. And now he said, Daniel, the, the, your God that you serve will deliver you. And he threw him in. He had him thrown in the lion's den. It says they really rolled the stone over the opening of the cave. He not only done that, they put a wax seal on it with this insignia in it. So they know that, that, that nobody opened it overnight and, and pulled any shenanigans, that there was no parlor trick that Benny Hinn didn't come by, I didn't mean to say that, they come by and pulled something slick. Sometimes things just slip out. I don't like shysters. I don't have any regard for them. Have you figured that out? If God doesn't do it, it's not going to get done. I'm not going to make it up. And I'm not going to pull parlor tricks and have earpieces and earbuds and everything, this and that and the other, to, to do fake miracles. Makes me want to tell a story right there. Can I tell a story? About 20 years ago or so, in Oklahoma, said evangelist, in quotes, you know the one I'm talking about, the one I just accidentally mentioned, Benny Hinn, was at a church in, in Oklahoma. And y'all know the story. Y'all know how he used to do his shows and all that stuff. And I said what I meant. They used to do his shows. And they, they had him coming across the stage, and he, and he put his hand on this woman and shoved her down, which is why, you know what? The Spirit of God does take people down sometimes. And when he does, it, there'll be no harm to you. There's, there's real things. This is, this is not the imitation. And Benny Hinn shoved her down, and when he shoved her down, she broke her hip. And... <laughs> This is not funny, but it gets funny. Because he wouldn't let anybody call the ambulance. And he would, I mean, it's not really good for a healing ministry to break somebody's hip and have to have the ambulance come and haul them off to the hospital. That's not good for business. How many of you know that that, doesn't, that, doesn't, that won't make TBN or the Pentecostal Evangel if that happens? That's not good. Well... So she's, lay, she's with a broke hip to the remainder of the service because he literally has a security, won't let anybody in. And the woman has to have surgery and to replace her hip. And because, they, because of everything that transpired, she died. She died from blood clots because of delayed surgeries and things like that. <laughs> That's the bad part. In comes later... A lady that's been affected by all that. Let me tell you, the shysters affect people. They destroy people. I told all, I got to all this because I'm going to get to the funny part here in a minute, but really it fits right in the middle of everything that God doesn't need any fakes and imitations. 
You are a detriment to the kingdom of God. You're not advancing it. All you're doing is lying in your own pockets. And people would do well to realize who these shysters are and to quit following the jerks. You're, you're an enabler. You, you, you are part of the problem whenever you can't see past their false doctrine and their bogus junk and, and dismiss them out of hand. Because we like the sensational more than we like the faithful. Did I just, I'm talking about excellent spirit and faithful. We got to come to the place where faithfulness and excellence rules the day. So in walks this, mission, this guy who was actually telling me the story live and in color. And he said, I went to this lady. She'd been out of church for years. And he said, I was trying to get her back. She was a faithful servant. And she had been disillusioned by what she saw. He says, she said, honey, where are you going to church at these days? She said, I haven't gone to church anywhere since Henny Ben killed that woman. That's what she said. Did you hear that? Since Henny Ben. <laughs> I hadn't been anywhere since Henny Ben killed that woman a few years ago. Any pen? Y'all, the world is starving today. I'm inserting all of that in the middle of this because I'm going to tell you something. The world is starving to death for something real. They're sick of the salesman. They're sick of the the, the $3,000 custom-made ugly suits and the bad hair. It seems like they all manage to have ugly suits and bad hair. You'd think with all that money they could get a decent pair of clothes and get a good haircut, but they just can't seem to do it. <laughs> Self-promoters. All they are is like, the, is like the people that come against Daniel. All they are is the people that are trying to elevate themselves and, gain, and carry favor with the powers that be. But I got news for you. Faithfulness and excellence still carries the day and people are looking for something real and listen he's still a god that has all the power he's still a god that performs miracles and he doesn't need anybody's help to do it come on somebody i was telling you that your testimony your faithfulness Your excellence will influence people who have not even yet believed. Your your God will deliver you. And when the king followed through on on the law and on the threat, he put him in the the lion's den. He sealed it with a rock. He sealed it with with his ring. And it says in verse 18, Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Where'd he get that? By now, Daniel's already fasted, refused to eat the king's meat. He's already, he's already honored God in, in his diet and in his lifestyle, and the king saw it. Never, ever discount your influence, even when you don't see it yet. Are you hearing me? Sometimes you don't see it. Sometimes, in fact, they get worse before they get better. But when push comes to shove, your testimony wins. Is that scriptural? I think it was just last week I read to you in Revelation where it says, when all was said and done, that we were made overcomers by the what? Blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Your testimony has power. 
Everybody in the sound of my voice, if you name the name of Jesus Christ as your Lord and you live it out in front of people, i got to come by to tell you, Alice, your testimony has power. Scott, your testimony has power. Daniel's testimony had the power to influence kings and nations. Not because of parlor tricks or anything else, because of faithfulness and excellence. Spent the night fasting with no instruments of music, were brought before him, and his sleep fled from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went and made haste to the lions. Then he jumped out of bed and ran straight to where the lions and Daniel was. And when he had came to the den, he cried with a voice full of sorrow to Daniel. And the king spoke and said, Daniel, servant of the living God. Well, there's a, I hear a lot of faith in what the king is saying to you. Daniel, the servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able or had the power to deliver you from the lions? In verse 21, waste no time. It says, and then Daniel said to the king, Oh, king! Man, that had been enough to have a Pentecostal fit right there. Yep. <laughs> Didn't even have to finish the sentence. Just if, when Daniel said, Oh, that had been enough. Because right. you know why? Because lions don't talk. Right. <laughs> lions don't talk. Unless it's a C.S. Lewis novel or The Lion King, but that doesn't count. Lions don't talk. O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions so that they have not hurt me because innocence was found in me before him and also before you, O king. I have, I have done no harm. He didn't say, you get me out of here, you dirty, rotten scoundrel. I've had enough of you, and whenever I get out, I'm going to. I'm talking about how we are. Okay, he, Daniel gave praise to God. And still honored the man in charge. Isn't that something? And the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that they take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken out of the den. The manor was found, no, no harm was found on him because, why? Verse 24 says, no, no harm was found on him because he believed in his God. In spite of the circumstances. I mean, that would have been a good, Grady, if you throw me into a den of hungry lions and put a rock on the door and don't let me out and make me spend the night with them, that would be a good place to throw in the towel if you're going to throw it in. Y'all say, no, they believed in God. You know the end of the story. I'm talking about me and you and us. Because I got to have the spirit Daniel had to have the results that Daniel had. Because we read this stuff removed, removed from it like that they wasn't people. And we, we think that they're super whatever. You know what? Daniel didn't know the end of the story. B. 
been a good, that would have been a good place to give up. Then the king commanded, oh, now the worm has turned. You know, sometimes we, we don't always get to see it. You know what I'm talking about? We don't always get to see somebody get, get, get before they get got. Y'all know exactly what that means. See, we, we do unto others as we'd have them do unto us, not do unto others before they do unto us. To get before we get got. But Daniel got to see it. It says, Then the king commanded they brought these men who accused Daniel that they be cast into the lion's den, their wives and their children. Let me insert something here. It's an old cliche, but it's the truest thing that words ever spoken. See, they come against God's people and God's man and God himself. And when they did, they thought they had won the day, but God was faithful. And whenever the worm turned, it cost them more than they could have ever imagined. Because it didn't just affect them, it affected their whole family. I got news for you, church. It's still true today that sin, is not, sin does not confide itself to you. It will always affect more than you could have ever dreamed. Sin will take you further than you wanted to go, cost you more than you wanted to pay, and keep you longer than you ever wanted to stay. If it, goes, it has tentacles. It's like a cancer. It, it, it doesn't just stay on the spot that it affected. It affects everything around it. You can't afford it. I can't afford it. Did you hear it? Says they come and gathered them all up, their wives and their children, threw them into the lion's den. And it says that the lions overpowered them and broke all of their bones into pieces. And before they came, before they came to the bottom of the den. They didn't wait 20 minutes to get them. It didn't take all night to get them. It says before they hit the bottom of the den, the lions had them all. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell on earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that every dominion in my kingdom men are to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel. For he is a living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be forever. He delivers and rescues, and he works signs and wonders in heaven and earth. And who has delivered Daniel from the power of these lions? So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus, the king. At the end of the day, it went from having him killed to a new declaration of the king of the greatness of the God that Daniel served. So on a Sunday night, sometimes it just sometimes it's the best thing we can do is just walk through the scripture and see what it says and let it speak plainly into our lives and have you understand that it's faithfulness and excellence. 
that no matter what comes along, whenever everything, Brandon, you can come on back. Whenever everything come against him and everything has changed, whenever Daniel, Daniel wasn't ignorant. He knew the decree had been signed. He knew what it said. And it said he changed absolutely nothing. Why? Because he knew who he served. And he knew that he was able and he knew, see, even later is where you're going to run into Daniel and then the three, other three Hebrew boys again, that whenever, the, whenever King Nebuchadnezzar, the following Cyrus, was going to throw them all into the fiery furnace, there came another statement of faith that says, my God is able to deliver us, but if not. Why? You can preach a month on it, but if not. But if not, I'm still not going to bow to you. We need to get some Christians that have some back trouble. Like Mordecai in the book of Esther, he wouldn't bow. Daniel wouldn't bow. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wouldn't bow. We need a church full of people with back trouble again that just will not bow, knowing who they serve. Lord, we love you tonight in your word. Lord, I'm confident that your word is living and powerful and that it's enough. Lord, that it speaks to the heart of men and changes lives and situations. It speaks life because your words are life. And Lord, we're thankful tonight to be in your presence in your house, gathered in your name. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.